1: Can you a oh, And it, yes. and it, it is up. going to be
0: covered by the Saints for a touchdown!
1: Eat your inside pass to everything Saints
0: football. And the kick is good! We'll take you to places most fans never go. We'll watch from 60 to practice, to the sideline, to the locker
1: room. Following every twist, turn, and touchdown of the Saints season.
0: That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill. T-T-Taysom TD.
1: Welcome to Inside Black and Gold.
0: And that is going to be a touchdown again. And guess who? Mike Thomas.
1: Now, here are your hosts, Steve Geller and Jeff Nowak. Oh, baby. Yo, welcome in to another episode of Inside Black and Gold. Episode of season one of this podcast. This is the 75th episode, and it's crazy to me that there have been that many because I cannot remember a majority of those 75 episodes. But I do appreciate everyone who listens, everyone who chimes in, shoots questions on the mailbags, everyone who listens, everyone who's subscribed, everyone who has left a review. I really do appreciate it. It's been kind of a wild season. I think we've done a pretty good job of wrapping our arms around it for the most part. Now, there are always some wrenches thrown into the mix, and the wrench today is that Steve Geller is dealing with some family stuff. He's got a busy schedule, so he's not going to be on here today. I am Steve Gellerless, but I've got enough to talk about that I think I can manage. My name is Jeff Nowak. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff underscore Noak. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, please do that. If you haven't left a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, if they allow you to do that sort of thing, please do that sort of thing. I really do appreciate it, it Gives it's really good feedback. Let us know what we're doing well, what we aren't doing well. You want to see more heading into next season. We're going to try to come up with some new ways to deliver information. I think there are at times we get a little stuck in the rut of like, okay, this, 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 this. So we're going to try to change things up, have some more formatted episodes, stuff like that. But for now, we're going to go through the latest news that has hit the Saints. And it really was a pretty quiet weekend. Up until Sunday afternoon when the news hit that Derek Carr, soon to be former Raiders quarterback, informed Las Vegas that he would veto any trade. The only potential trade that had been reported was the Saints. I think it was Tom Pellicera of NFL Network said they had agreed to a framework for a deal. But the issue, which I think was an associated press report, the issue was the Saints kind of needing Derek Carr to agree to a pay cut of sorts, a reworked deal in order to get that trade through. And he would not do that. So that kind of hung things up. But I'm going to get into a lot of that. I'm also going to go into, you know, what are the reasonable quarterback options for the Saints now that you are going into free agency knowing that you have to make a decision one way or another on a quarterback. Then I also want to go into some of the Super Bowl takeaways from that really good game <laughs> really, really good game that a lot of people are going to complain about because of how it ended. I'm happy because, as someone who grew up rooting for the Giants and now has a deal with the Saints on a daily basis, the Eagles are just the bane of my existence. Like, the worst thing possible, I think, for a Saints fan in, in this whole scenario would be watching the Eagles and CJ Gardner Johnson and, you know, even Ian Book <laughs> go win a Super Bowl and then pick number 10 overall with your pick. That would have been really gross. And it's not that much better when they've than the runner up. And now they get to pick number ten and number thirty one, right? I guess number thirty because there's no twenty one. But not having to watch them get their get their trophies and stuff, it kinda of feels better, you know? Knowing there wasn't a ring included kind of feels better. Maybe that's just me being uh being petty. But hey, you know, what is sports if not petty? But yeah. We're gonna get in a little bit more of that toward the end of the show. But first things first. So as as I mentioned, Derek Carr informed the Raiders that he would not be accepting any trades. And it really does, when you kind of get back into this whole thing, it really does underscore to me that teams should be trying a lot harder. (laughs) Teams should be fighting a lot harder to not include no trade clauses in these incredibly lucrative quarterback contracts. I could understand if you know, you get a discount on the deal. And in exchange, you give a guy a no trade clause. In this case, you agreed to pay Derek Carr an average of $40 million per season. A guy who has never won a playoff game, you agreed to pay him $40 million per season. And you still gave him a full no trade clause. Like, where was the negotiation there? Like, I have, I've had people come and ask me like, well, do you think that Derek Carr really should be confident that he'll get more than $40 million on the open market? $40 million per season? And it's like, well, maybe or maybe not, right? I, I don't know. I don't know what that market's going to be like for Derek, for others. But at the same time, if you're Derek Carr, would you not trust your agent <laughs> based on what he was able to get you from the Raiders, based on the full no trade clause, based on all of this? His agent's Timothy Younger. And uh, yeah, I mean, if nothing else, if his agent comes to him and says, yeah, I can get you, I can get you a lot more than 40 million guaranteed, you're going to be like, you know what, Tim? I believe you. And I think that's a big part of what happened here because Derek Carr came down visited with the Saints. I think the Saints like Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr likes the Saints. But I think he understands his value in this situation. And when you really kind of boil down what is left on his contract, the Saints trading for him would have benefited the Saints a lot more than it would have benefited Derek Carr. And I know a lot of people would say, well, why would you trade an asset for him, which would probably have been a third-round pick? Why would you have traded an asset for him when you can just go sign him in free agency? And the answer to that is kind of is kind of multi-layered, right? First of all, like I think getting this done now, getting this done before free agency so you can go into free agency knowing where you stand, knowing what positions you need to address and that you already have the quarterback figured out and you just need to kind of massage the dollars so that you can work it out the rest of the way down the roster. That would have been an advantage if the Saints were going to be able to restructure that $40 million guaranteed and trim down what's going out this season. And I think that's where the restructure would have been. I don't think the Saints were saying, well, we're going to cut your salary per se. That's not how they operate. But they would have tried to push it back. They would try to add void years. That's what they do. And I think Derek just had no interest in doing that. And, and that's where you kind of had an impasse. It doesn't mean that both sides aren't interested in each other. It just means that that's not how Derek Carr wanted to build out his next three seasons in the NFL based on his current contract, right? The other factor to keep in mind, and this is why I felt like it made a lot more sense for the Saints than it did for Derek Carr, is if you traded for him and you got that deal coming in where he essentially has $40 million guaranteed over the next two seasons, right? You had the $32 million, give or take, guaranteed next season, which will kick in on February 15th. So he will get cut per se, right? He will get cut effectively over the next two days because it has to happen. He's already probably been cut on paper. He'll be cut officially by February 15th. And so what that $40 million would have allowed you to do is you're only really committed to this guy for one season before you have an out right before you can say, you know what, we're going to move on. And I think the way that this season is setting up with Dennis Allen, Pete Carmichael, there is a scenario where it goes sideways, where everything goes horribly wrong and you just want to reset. Well, you could have done that if you had brought Derek Carr in and everything goes sideways and you just move on and it's like, okay, 40 million, whatever, you can deal with it. Now the question becomes, how committed do you want to be to Derek Carr over a longer period of time? And that's what Derek Carr's going to want, right? Like, I don't know if he's going to make $40 million annual per season, but he's going to have a lot more guaranteed. Like, you're probably going to have three years worth of guarantees in whatever deal he signs. And that, in and of itself, makes this conversation a lot different for the Saints, right? Because you could end up in a situation just like the Raiders were in this season, where you commit to Derek Carr on a multi-year deal. Then you change coaches. And then all of a sudden, he doesn't fit the new scheme. And and you're just like, well, but we're paying him $40 million a season. We don't really have much we can do beyond cutting this guy because we gave him a no-trade clause. And I would bet you that his agent is going to go into whatever negotiation happens next and says, okay, first things first, there will be a no trade clause in this contract because you can see how much of an advantage that puts a quarterback in when he's, when he's hitting this market. So that to me is, is where you kind of stand. Not only do you have to figure out how you can pay Derek Carr, you have to figure out whether, how committed you are to paying Derek Carr and whether that makes sense over a longer period of time. And that's where you're at now because you were unable to trade for him. So I do think that opens up a lot of more, a lot more options for the Saints. Unfortunately, none of them are particularly confidence inspiring. And I'm going to get into a lot more of that in the next segment. But I think that this is a year where you have a lot riding on a head coach who is on shaky ground, to put it kindly. Like, I don't think that that the Saints are going into this season kind of gauging Dennis Allen's job in terms of well, okay, if he goes this record over this period of games, blah, 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 blah. But you have to be going into it to some extent knowing that there is an uncertain kind of long-term vision for this situation. And if it goes great, great. But you have to at least accommodate the idea that it's not gonna go great. And you don't wanna set yourself up in a scenario where you have a hard time bringing in a new coach if you need to because of the contracts you've put on the books
0: Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: And, I, and that's where and that's where I find it complicated. I still think the Saints are going to push really hard for Derek Carr. But, and this is what I said prior to him kind of turning down any trades, you're not getting a discount. Like, this isn't going to be any cheaper for you if you sign him as a free agent. The only difference is you're saving a third-round pick, and I felt like that third-round pick was well worth the price to not only bring him in early but also to gain the flexibility over the next few years. Derek Carr doesn't want you to have that flexibility as any player would not. He wants you to be committed to him. And so that's why you're hitting free agency. And now now the Saints just have to figure it out. Now you have to go and you have to and you have to kind of duel with teams that have a lot more cap space than you. And that's always the struggle when you're the Saints and you manage the cap the way you do because you don't just have space you can sign someone into you have space you can create but there are costs to creating it like you it has to be worth creating it because it makes it makes for another hurdle down the road and it's just a question of how much do the saints value Derek Carr in this scenario to the point that they're willing to create more hurdles for themselves and I don't know what that is now if you're if you're Dennis Allen and you really want Derek Carr in there and you're going to push for it I think that that helps. But again, how much does it help? How much as a GM and a front office, watching a guy go seven and 10, knowing that he has not done anything as a head coach that should inspire great confidence that this seven and 10 season will turn around? I don't know. I find that to be a tough sell. All that said, you did bring him back. If he sees a vision with a quarterback that he likes and you feel confident that he can come do it, then you pony up the dough. Because I don't see a ton of other options, and personally, if it was an option of paying Andy Dalton, <laughs> I've been very outspoken. I don't want to see Andy Dalton as the starter for another season. I just don't like. I have nothing against Andy Dalton. I think he's a good football player. I think he's a good dude. I think he plays hard. Right. I think he's smart. I just don't think he's good enough. Like I, I don't. I don't think his ceiling is high enough. If your only goal is to make the playoffs and hope then sure, maybe you can bring in Andy Dalton and he might do enough to sneak you into the postseason, right? And you're going to lose in the first round and you're going to be like, well, yeah, we saw that coming, right? It's like the Bucks this season. They had Tom Brady and you felt like maybe Tom can do something weird and it, this is just a Tom Brady thing. But like at the same time, I think it was a pretty easy prediction that they were going to show up and struggle in the playoffs because you saw them struggle all year long. They managed to win a bad division, but that doesn't make you good. And if your only goal is to be good in a bad division, then that's a tough team to root for. And I think at the quarterback position, you have to swing. Like, you have to swing. You're not always going to get a hit. You're not always going (laughs) to— You know, Sometimes you're going to miss. Sometimes you're going to hit a foul ball. Sometimes you're going to strike out. But at least you're up there swinging. The only thing I can't stand watching a baseball game— is seeing a guy go up there and watch three strikes go right by him and then walk back to the dugout. Because that's the only way that you guarantee you do not get a hit. That's the only way you guarantee you do not hit a home run, is to never take the bat off your shoulder. And I think that's what bringing back Andy Dalton would be. It would be going up to the plate and hoping for a walk. So all that is to say, this is my argument for figure it out. If Derek Carr's market is not outrageous, I'm all in on it. But there's got to be an upper limit, right? Like you can't just write a blank check to a guy. So that's why I just, I think it would have been a lot more comfortable for the Saints if they were able to bring him in at a number they they understood and a number they could massage. Now it could be anything. And in a year where there is not a ton of options, as we're going to go over here in a second, man, that number could climb quickly, quickly. And uh, we're going to have to see all right, let's wrap that segment up. Again, I'm Jeff Nowak. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm coming at you, Steve Gellerless today. If you haven't subscribed yet, hit that button. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. This is the final, the 75th and final episode of season one. And uh, I I say all this, it's not going to affect anybody. You're probably not even going to know one way or another it's season two. It's just really just going to be the file name I save it under, which has been a one. Now it's going to be a two. And you know, it's more just a big moment. Like one of the things that I think separates actual quality podcasts from just kind of the hit or miss ones is you're not just starting a podcast to start a podcast. You're starting a podcast to build it. And I think just getting to a second season is something that not a lot of podcasts actually like you've I guarantee you you can go and find a lot of Saints podcasts that that put out 10 episodes and then like nope there's a lot more work than I thought it was and this podcast has turned out to be a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. but I do think that we're putting out a good product and I'm glad that we have kind of seen our listenership grow and I hope that continues because I like to think that getting to a season two will help convince people that we're committing another you know a couple hours a week to listening to the Saints podcast because it's going to be there we're not giving up on it and Appreciate everyone who listened. But alright, quick break here and then we're gonna come back. We're gonna go through okay, what if the Saints don't sign Derek Carr? What are some of the other options they could look at? They aren't all that attractive, but we're gonna go through.